Welcome, everybody, to the Assuminati podcast, the podcast that explores everyday topics with the assumption that a conspiracy may be at hand. I'm Brandon. I'm Bobby. I'm Matt. Let's do this. Welcome. This episode, we are going into part two of this series of musician myths and legends. We had so much fun with it the first time, especially from the comments left on the Facebook post that we made last week or, or earlier this week. So we wanted to keep it going. We wanted to tackle more stories. There are so many so to hit. So many. And we, we had a lot of fun, a lot of fun feedback. And uh, we just wanted to keep the party going. There's more to hit. What do you guys think? Yeah, looking forward to this discussion. Nice. So we're going to continue the party. We're going to continue talking about myths, legends, things that you've heard, things that you may uh, maybe think they're true. Maybe you think they're false. Let's dive into the details. We do the hard work. We do the research and uh, come out with either a true, false, or maybe. Yeah. Maybe it happened. Maybe it's true. real plausible i think mythbusters calls it so i think that's a fair comparison okay yeah well let's turn it over to uncle bobby i think bobby's gonna get us started this week yeah let's do this hit us with so andrew weeks um from the facebook hey andrew Andrew. thank you yeah thank you he he mentioned something i actually hadn't heard before about pearl jam and so i was excited to jump in and learn more about it but it's all about the origins of where did they get their name? Okay, time out. I need you to do the entire segment in Eddie Vedder's voice. <laughs> I, I don't think I, I seem to recognize. Yeah, I can't even do it. Okay, keep going, yeah. Bobby. That, that would sound great, though, if I could. So everyone, close your eyes and imagine. Uh, <laughs> Just kidding. All right, creepy. so the myth is that they got their name because Eddie Vedder, Vedder's great-grandma... His name was Pearl, and she used to make this jam to make her husband happy. So in an interview back in 1991, Eddie was being interviewed by Rolling Stone, and he told the writer that they had named the band after his great-grandma Pearl and this jam. And he said, great-grandpa was an Indian and totally into hallucinogenics and peyote. (laughs) Yeah, you like where this is going? So. Great grandma Pearl used to make this halogenetic preserve that there's total stories about. We don't have the recipe though. So I was really intrigued to dig into this. And luckily the article that Andrew supplied was the writer of this article also basically was telling about his experience recreating um, this jam and (laughs) walks you through step-by-step how he did it. Um, so I got plans this weekend. I'm going to, you know, <laughs> make me some jam. Um, so anyway, test. so yeah, the myth is that's how they got us. They were naming it after um, this hallucinogenic jam. What? Yeah. So, and that came straight Ooh. from um, Eddie Vedder. So I don't know. First of all, Matt, have you ever had any of Pearl's jam? No, I wish. I'm coming over to your house, though, I guess, this weekend. For yeah, you. come on over. We're going to have a cooking thing. Um, but I hate to share that in 2006, this myth was spoiled. Um, 
Jeff Ament from the band. He spilled the beans and basically said the whole story was bullshit. And so Eddie really did have a great grandma named Pearl. That is true. It's a fact. It's in the history books. Um, but where the band name came from is they were brainstorming band names. Somebody suggested Pearl and they really liked it. So the band's name was Pearl at that point. Um, on their prior to them signing with Epic Records, they attended a Neil Young concert. Oh, there it is. Okay. Yeah. And they were so impressed with Neil's jams, um, nine songs, apparently over nine hours that they decided that was something they wanted to be able to stand for. So they added jam to their name and Pearl Jam. It went down in history. So nine songs in three hours. That's a lot of jamming on songs. Yeah. I'd heard Neil Young was involved somehow. That makes sense. Okay. Okay. So it ties it all together. But Brandon, do you know any of the band's original names? Ooh, I, you got me on that one. I. All right. Well, their first name was Mother Love Bone. Not quite as catchy. Not quite. <laughs> yeah. That's. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't find anything about like what inspired that name. Mother. Obviously. Mother. Yeah. Uh... Obviously, they recognized that wasn't a great name as well. Um, but the name they were really going by where they started to get some notori- notoriety was after a New Jersey Nets player. Do you guys know the name of this player? From what era? Let's see. This From is 1990. 1990. Hit, hit me with it. Mookie Blaylock. Blaylock. I've got his yeah. basketball card in my collection. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So the band was going by the name of Mookie Blaylock. Shut up. Um, oh, wow. They just took his whole name. Huh? Yeah. No they, they really liked him, That's but awesome. Epic Records apparently told them they had to change their name if they were going to sign him. They anticipated there could be some issues with naming rights of Monkey, things. Mookie was a baller. That, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. So right. anyways, right. that's the story of Pearl Jam. No way. That's awesome. Love it. Yeah. Great suggestion, Andrew. That's yeah. That's cool, man. Thanks for diving into that. I had yeah, no that, that was fun to learn about. And I, I no will idea. let you guys know how the jam turns out. Okay. Um, but first of all, if the listeners <laughs> on the Facebook, if you could give me some direction where to find peyote, I don't know. But I could use some you gotta help. Gotta go there. out to the reservation, right? Well, I don't know if there's one near me. So those of you near the Carolinas, let me know where I can find peyote so I can make some jam. That East Coast. There's got to be one near you. In the land of moonshine, you're looking for peyote. Got it. All right. Yeah. It might be (laughs) a difficult ingredient to find to make this jam, but I'm really excited to recreate it. Now, um, the writer of the article did say the jam was not all that tasty. So... Yeah, I can imagine. I can't imagine it'd be good, but the after effects might have been great. Oh yeah, I'll bet. I love jam. Yeah, but the jam doesn't exist. I hate to tell you, but this guy created a plausible recreation. (laughs) Wow. So so, uh, just real quick before we move on, gentlemen, are we uh, Pearl Jam fans? This can be like a love-hate type band. Um. There are several songs I really like of theirs. In fact, because I was 
thinking about Pearl Jam today. I did rock out to them while I was working today. Okay, okay. It was kind of fun. I'm singing yeah. one of their songs this weekend. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, you are. We're going to live stream some of that out this weekend. We're going to belt out some Eddie Vedder. That's awesome. Uh, Give us a sample. Yeah, yeah let's hear it. <laughs> nope. You got to come. All right. You got to come to the event. Well, I'll be there virtually. <laughs> yeah, I'm a Pearl Jam guy. I, I, they're one of my hidden, hidden likes. Uh, not many people know that I, 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 I used to listen to them a lot. Well, that was awesome, Robert. Mama didn't like those original band names, but uh, I'm glad they landed on Pearl Jam. That, that's quite. Yeah, uh, that's an improvement. What, what else you got, man? All right, so speaking of band names, I'm sure you guys have heard of the band Kiss. Oh, yeah. You guys know who Kiss is? So have you guys heard the myth that their name is an acronym um, that stands for Kings or Knights in some iterations in Satan's service? Yeah, have you guys I've heard, heard that, that one over and over. All the time. It's a very popular one. Yeah, I've heard that a lot, like when people seem to think Kiss is such a bad band. But can I um, just, can I? Yeah. So. My dad, I mean, growing up in that era, he and his friends actually snapped or destroyed their Kiss albums when that rumor hit. Wow. They didn't have the internet. They didn't have ways to debunk. And that that was a rampant rumor. But maybe it was true. I don't know. Continue. I'm just saying that I've heard it both ways, Robert. What would he got for us, man? Yeah. So, well, I... I need to apologize to your dad for breaking a perfectly good record. He should go out and buy it again because that was completely false. So the truth is very much more anti-comatic, but um, they were driving around New York and they were trying to come up with a name for the band. Um, Peter Chris um, had been in a band before and the name of that band was Lips. And that got Paul Stanley kind of thinking about it. And he's like, hey, guys, what about Kiss? Hmm. And Peter Chris wasn't really a fan of it because he thought it was too feminine, but it stuck. And so that's history. Um, That's how they got the name Kiss. And I think it's pretty fitting because I'm I'm currently listening to the audio book of Gene Simmons, and he wrote it. He's narrating it. What's that rated? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well I'm, I'm probably about an hour into it right now and probably a lot of language he's sure. holding back no he's holding back oh, he's yeah, holding oh, really? back but the way he's describing things like i was just giggling on my drive home from work today of like how he describes stuff but yeah he he did he does like the ladies um oh, yeah. he liked kissing people so i i think the name of the band is pretty fitting but do you guys know what Gene's and Paul's original band name was? Oh, I don't. I have no idea. All right. It, they went by the name of Wicked Lester. Oh, and, nice. <laughs> yeah, and and they recorded an album. I like that one better. That's kind of yeah. cool. Yeah. I mean, Wicked Lester. Now, I don't know what why they were calling it Wicked Lester. Obviously, they didn't become famous there, but um, <laughs> they like had a... recorded. Sounds like a drink I can get at Fizz. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. Yeah. Like can I get a Lester. Wicked Lester? Coke Zero, light on the ice. <laughs> With a All giant right, well, tongue. Yeah, you, okay, send Preston to um, 
there and see if they'll give it to him. <laughs> Go ask him to order a Wicked Lester and see what he comes back with. <laughs> Tell him okay. to wink. And oh, if he could oh, go man. right now so we can report back by the end, that'd be great. Yeah, we... I think they're closed, aren't they? It's late. Got to do a review. Oh, yeah, I forgot. You guys are in Utah. So, all right. <clears throat> all right. So, Please. anyway, so they, they went by the name of Wicked Lester. They recorded a studio album. But Gene and Paul were really unhappy after Epic Records just rejected the album altogether. So, um, the band broke up. Gene and Paul stayed together. The rest were gone. Who knows who the heck they were? Because obviously they didn't become famous. And um, they regrouped and they became the band Kiss. So so that's really the mess. So everyone who thought like they're Satan worshipers, they're really not. And Gene's hilarious. I don't know if you guys ever watched his show He's on funny. TV. Um, but I'm really enjoying his audiobook. But like I really was laughing at learning about him. Um, anyway, so second um, thing that may or may not be a myth, um, when Gene was growing up, he, and he's got quite the history, like he was born in Israel, his mom and him moved to New York, um, and everything, English is like his fourth or fifth language, but he didn't have a lot of friends, he got picked on a ton, um, but he really got into comic books. And so he had lots of comic books. He's always been quite entrepreneurial. And he he put out this offer, like he would pay a dollar for um, like a pound of comic books, whatever. And then he'd sort through them and he'd find the, the ones that were actually worth money and resell them for like $100, whatever. Uh, but he always loved comic books, loved superheroes. So after the band had been established for a while, um marvel gave them an opportunity to have their own comic book did you guys know kiss had their own comic book yeah actually i did hmm. yeah all right well have you held a copy of it no i have not well little did you know about their comic book um it's purported that the ink used was mixed with the band members own blood have uh, you guys awesome. heard this before I might have heard that before, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, as outlandish as that sounds, that is actually true. And they awesome. made sure they documented it very clearly what? so that nobody could dispute it. So um, they had a notary public witness this of them taking the blood, dumping it into the ink barrel and everything. Um, it's actually in the contract with them and Marvel that the ink would contain their blood and they took photos of the whole thing so that is true wow yeah weird so oh, cool makes them worth a little bit more i guess that if you've got that comic book you've got a little bit of their blood you um, the unless, DNA of the whole band wow, yeah you've got cool. the dna of the whole band but unless there was a rumor that somebody after they mixed up the ink got it mixed up and they end up printing an, an issue of sports illustrated with, with it with kiss blood, which as much as funny as that would be, I could find no indication or proof that the Marvel printing company was responsible for printing sports illustrated. Right. right. So I think that rumor is false. Yeah. Very good. Wow. Yeah. So anyways, the I more like you know one. about the band, kiss and i'm going to be looking for that comic book if anybody has it oh, let me know that is trippy 
Come it's on funny light. how those yeah, name things just kind of carry on. You know, it's not just Kiss and the Knights and Satan Service, right? It's ACDC. My my family always said Antichrist Devil Child, right? Yeah, that's what, that's what I was told. stood for and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. I believe my CD got broken in half. Yeah. Yeah. All mine got tossed too. Thanks, Mom. There. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> just trying to do what's best for you, Sonny. Come on, Maddie. Yeah. Maddie Poo. Just trying to look out for you. It still hurts. I mean, you know, 30 something years later, it still hurts. Yeah, you got to protect that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Kiss, though, they're, uh, I mean, just their song, Detroit Rock City. So every event that we went to back home, Detroit Piston games, Wings games, Lions games. Yeah, of course, that, that was stuff. I was playing nonstop. So we, we got a lot of Kiss in, in that area of the country. And uh, yeah. yeah, they can rock out. All of my coaches dressed up like them for Halloween one year. I mean, anyway, uh, yeah, they're they're obviously a huge influence on on culture. So, that, yeah, nice to get to the bottom of it, Bobby. Thanks for that. Yeah, they're a wholesome group. Absolutely, very wholesome. <laughs> You're just a kiss up. <laughs> <laughs> Move on. All right, moving okay. on. Moving right along. I think I'm next. Yeah, yeah you got Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. Got a few quick hits. Thank you for the support. You and half the country. We've got the first one from Kyle. Kyle, what up? Thanks for listening. Kyle. Life. Yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks for giving us something not in the 70s or 60s or 80s yeah that uh, thanks for giving us something a little bit more recent to talk about here so he mentioned something that uh, it comes up with artists every now and again that drake specifically who is a hip-hop artist of the last 10 20 years uh does not write his own stuff he actually relies upon a ghost writer is what what came through now this was a rumor or or is it maybe it's true this was perpetuated by a few famous rappers. The most famous, in my opinion, from my era, Funkmaster Flex. Have you guys heard of Funkmaster Flex before? He's a big name in the hip hop community. He, he runs. He used to run like weekly radio shows. He used to do mixtapes, and you you would beg for him to include you in these these events. Anyway, he's a big deal, and so he came on Hot ninety seven uh, as a DJ one night and announced from his radio show that millions of people listened to that and, and actually played tapes of Drake songs originally recorded by other artists. So he had this proof that he was now airing for millions to hear. And this was damaging. This, this really hit his reputation. It still does to this day. People look at Drake and if they remember this event, uh, they look at him as a fake. And that he just copies other people. Now in the hip hop game, that's pretty common. You sample is what they call it. A lot of other songs. So if you hear a hip hop song, there's a chance there's like another song they've used. Maybe the the hook, the riff, maybe the entire thing. Just ask Vanilla Ice how that went for him when uh, <laughs> Queen successfully sued him. Anyway, that's pretty common in hip hop. But this is next level. Like he doesn't even write his own lyrics is the accusation here. And so it came out later. He finally decided to address it. He came out with some diss tracks, which again is something of the hip hop community that they do. He, he came out and, 
and tried writing some of his own stuff. Now, he admitted, I need sometimes, this is a quote from Drake, individuals to spark an idea so that I can take off running. I don't mind that. And the recordings, they are what they are. Use your own judgment on what they mean to you. So he's basically admitting some of the stuff that aired sparked his uh, his genius is what he calls it, I guess. Yeah, sounds then, like the whole Taylor Swift controversy. Right. So you hear this with artists once in a while. I mean, we could go into Elvis and and uh, Celine Dion and Whitney Houston and all these artists who have mega hits but didn't necessarily write their own hits. It's it's much different in the hip hop community. These are lyrics, these are raps that you're expected to write on your own, even if you use somebody else's music to put over top of it. Yeah, so he openly admits that he uses help from other songwriters. He calls it collaboration. He he calls it a process, and that he <laughs> he he's not shy about it, but he still claims to write most of his meaningful lyrics. So. Take that, and he tells you to make your own judgments based on what you hear. So it's really interesting. He he didn't come out and flat out say, no, I write my own stuff. He he was kind of put in a corner, and he came out plausible here. Like, he he does use other people to, to write some of this stuff. Uh, five of your words, two of mine. Right? <laughs> now they're all mine. <laughs> now they're all yep. mine, exactly. Collaboration. Yeah, like Meek Mill, a couple others. So I, I thought that was interesting. Thanks, Kyle, for bringing that up. That, that, man, you could do an entire series of a podcast on artists that do not write their own music or artists that do. Hey, maybe or he added punctuation. Inspired. Maybe he added a period and he called it his, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Now, I, I think it's been proven from people who hang out with him or, or do collaborate with Drake. They've claimed that he is a quote-unquote musical genius that he does he is clever with lyrics he 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 does he's talented he is a super talented person so it's it's uh i think he's won back a lot of the people he's got a pretty good reputation he sells i think he's sold at this point over 180 million dollars worth of records alone uh he, he's doing well he's fine <laughs> so thought that was interesting Gosh. to look into uh another really quick hit that Kyle mentioned, uh, Justin Bieber sings all of Post Malone's stuff. <laughs> I'll take it one step further. I want, uh, for those of you who even care about that generation or that type of music, if you Google that Justin Bieber and Post Malone are the same person, those are some funny videos. Just throwing it out there. <laughs> I'm going to check that out. <laughs> It'll make you I'm laugh. not a fan of the Biebs, but It'll make you laugh. But again, people have debunked all of this saying, no, they're both super talented people. They're separate people. They collaborate once in a while. But Post Malone does his own stuff. Justin does his stuff. Uh, yeah. those, video, those videos that they're the same person are kind of funny. But uh, I think when you listen to those guys, you can tell that they're separate people. Yeah. Yeah. They are overproduced. There's a lot of auto tune. There's a lot of, uh, I, I think you could maybe, maybe mix up some voices here and there. To maybe claim we th should auto tune our podcast. Okay. <laughs> Bobby. She was a bad bad, nevertheless. Uh, the, the the real second topic I really wanted to hit ever since uh, we, we thought about tackling legends was Cass Elliot of the Mamas and the Papas. 
So this was yeah, a, a legend Cass. that I had heard. I'd heard growing up nonstop, Mama Cass, that she allegedly died by choking on food. So I've heard ham sandwiches, I've heard chicken bones, I've heard, I think ham sandwich was the big one. Because according to an FBI reporter, a coroner who was on the scene, there was a ham sandwich next to her bed where they found her. And so the the rumors ran, again, no internet back then, so the rumors stuck a little bit. Maybe that's fair to say, do you guys think? Maybe rumors stuck around a little bit longer back then? Maybe. that. I think it's I a think good so. practice not to eat a ham sandwich in bed. I think rumors cookies. spread quicker nowadays, but easily debunked quickly. Yeah, um, I think there's more information available right. to debunk stuff. So back then when a rumor flew, it stuck around and it was tough to disprove. And unfortunately, this was a little bit of a fat phobe type slap in the face. I think her 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 kid called it. Uh, later, they interviewed her, her child about that. and. She really felt terrible for her mother, um, that it was one last slap in the face of a fat woman, I think was the quote. And that that was something she was self-conscious about her entire career. Um, that didn't hold back the mamas and papas from throwing some fat-related lyrics in about Mama Cass. I mean, they called her Mama Cass. Everybody's getting thin except for Mama Cass. They threw some of those lyrics in there. She, she tried, was a beautiful lady. She really was. And she was called, I believe they nicknamed amazing her the, voice. The, nicknamed her the Queen of Laurel Canyon. So a famous, oh, yeah. she's amazing. She was at the center of a lot of that 60s music culture. Um, you name a, an artist from back then, they were they were involved or friends with at least Mama Cass. So she was she was well loved, well respected. Mm-hmm. Uh the true cause of death was a heart attack. She passed away in her sleep complications uh hey, coronary. heart attack in your sleep's better than a heart attack in the yeah, restroom she actually had just called phillips earlier that day happy that she finally felt like she was on track to to shed the mama cass persona she would finally be respected as a solo artist as cass elliott as a as a true musician not just a, a caricature she had attended Mick Jagger's cocktail party earlier that day as well, or I think the day before. Apparently, she didn't drink or partake. She was just there. She was seen. Again, uh, that's a who's who type party. She was well-respected and invited what did to Mick those drop things. in her drink? That's what uh, I'd be asking. Come on now. Slipped her Mickey. <laughs> Maybe. Anyway, so I, I thought that well, let's give her some justice here. I mean, that, that was, that's been a legend passed even to this day. Oh, Mama Cass, Mamas of the Papas, yeah, 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 California Dreaming. Uh, she choked on food, right? Like, I, I I can't tell you how many times I've heard that. And uh, they, they found zero evidence of any drugs or food in her system. And so any overdose or, or food choking related death rumors should be put to rest. Um, she didn't have a chance to eat the ham sandwich. Very adamant. Yeah. That's why they found it. Yeah, exactly. Right. That was there for her midnight snack. There you mm-hmm. go. There you go. It's actually okay. brilliant. Leave a sandwich on the Why nightstand. Not? Yeah, maybe. Wake up. Cr- you don't even have to walk to the kitchen. That's what I do. She did have an IQ of like 165, I think. She was extremely smart. She very intelligent. And she grew up in an opera-loving family. Um, so yeah, her, her vocals off the charts, knew how to harmonize like nobody's business. She 
proved that she belonged in a group like the Mamas and the Papas. She tried for years to get in, and they finally just could not deny her talent. And unfortunately, she's reduced to an obese singing lady who choked on a sandwich sometimes. And I think that's terrible. I think it's tragic. Makes for a great story. It, yeah, people love spreading rumors like that, I'm sure. People love so. the gossip. Mm-hmm. But go back, listen to the Mamas and the Papas people. Listen to some of her solo work. There's many YouTube clips of her as she was breaking out on her own that I think are worth worth checking out. Give her her due. I think Cass Elliott deserves it. Anyway. Absolutely. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. That's the rest of the All story. All right. I like it. All the leaves are brown. Right. Well, last but not least, sir, <clears throat> take it away. Man. What, what do you got for us, Matt? Yeah, let me talk about uh, Melissa Vandela. Anybody ever heard of her? No, no, that's right. You haven't. AKA Avril Lavigne. Avril Lavigne. Okay. Ah, I've okay. heard of that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that is the legend, the myth that we're, we're going to discuss. Melissa Vandela. Okay. So the legend or the story is this, that in 2003, and who who brought this up? This was uh, Becca. Becca Becca commented and brought this one up. So thank you, Becca. Shout to you for this one. I had not actually heard of the Avril Lavigne replacement theory until (laughs) you mentioned this. So this is fascinating stuff and just kind of how these things go just get perpetuated to out of control on the internet age. But anyway, in 2003, Canadian singer Avril Lavigne died and was replaced by an industry planted clone. And her name was Melissa Vandela. Wow. Okay. Now did so that, that was like the... Dolly the sheep or <laughs> that's the rumor. So everybody knows who Avril Lavigne is, right? Yeah. She's a skater boy. It was her first album. So complicated. Yeah. yeah. Well, somebody may went and made things complicated for her. Uh, <laughs> with this, it was actually a fan-based blog that perpetuated this thing. Oh, Some Brazilian website of a fan base for Avril Lavigne uh, published something um, that said. Uh, that Avril Lavigne died and was replaced. And they started using pictures as evidence because her style changes over the years. And, and uh, she looked a little bit different from time to time and, and, and all of this. And she's actually come out and commented on this and there's no, there's absolutely, so I've did a lot of research this, this week. I went in and uh, looked up some information and all, everything out there, uh, really took off when I think it was, oh, I can't remember, BuzzFeed, I think, published something, uh, I think in 2015, something like that, uh, that kind of perpetuated this thing and kind of made it bloom out of control. So then all of the fans jumped on board and said, oh, it must be true. Um, It's not her. She's dead, blah, blah, blah. But there is absolutely no evidence that I can find anywhere that's legit evidence 
uh, the Avril Lavigne has died. Did she you do is, a DNA check? I did. I went actually up to Canada. Oh, cool. For all my friends that uh, live in Canada. Hey, do you get some Canadian chocolate? Because it's, <laughs> it's great. No, I didn't do the DNA evidence, but I'm sure if someone compared that, they would find that Avril Lavigne is alive and well and publishing albums. Still, yes. still to this day. Still put out music, still performing some of those old hits. Very well, think, from what I could tell. I think an album came out in June, just this year. It did. I just saw that. Love yeah. sucks. So she's still she's still going. What it's called? Huh. Um, sounds bitter. <laughs> well, yeah, that yeah, so... that was interesting. I, I that came out of nowhere. I I was pleasantly surprised by the fun rabbit hole that was. Uh, looking at yeah, it's interesting, time. but it's just evidence again of how fans kind of just go nuts over something that is not really a thing. Anyway, that's Avril Lavigne. Okay, yeah. well, uh, let's get into it. Let's do this. Okay, so I've got to just tell a small story to enter into this, okay? Okay. Back in 1994, when this guy, me, when I started listening to a lot of music uh, at that time in my life, maybe 1993, maybe even 1992, back in the high school days, all right? A insert age jokes here, I guess. But back in those days, <laughs> you're so uh, old. Some of my friends and I, uh, I'll, I'll just tell them Jeff Haslam, if you're listening, you know, uh, Andy Laguerre, if you're listening, I know you're a fan of the hey. show. Thank you for that. And you've commented on our stuff. So thank you for that. Um, but back in those days, Jeff, Andy, and I, we were, we were all into the Beatles, you know, and um, I think it was Jeff, it may have been Andy that first told me of this of this uh theory and what we're going to talk about is the paul is dead theory and they they confronted me about this back in the 90s and i think at that point andy had this book uh that was written all about the the conspiracy that paul mccartney actually died and was replaced by someone else and the someone else was uh william what was it? Campbell, uh, William Shears Campbell, so hmm. otherwise known as Billy Shears, who is referenced in some Beatles songs, right? Mm. Yeah, or a Beatles song. Um, so it, it opened up a giant, a giant rabbit hole. This one is a huge, the granddaddy of them all, replacement theories of a musician. There's just not one bigger that Sir Paul McCartney isn't who he says he is he's actually an uh, an old british intelligent uh, intelligence officer um that goes by the name of billy shears so we can get into that and there's a ton of yeah there's a ton a ton of evidence evidence i'm going to put in quotations here for those listening um out there that proves allegedly <laughs> that paul actually died and and you can i mean we could have four or five episodes just on this on just on the evidence but to just give you some idea okay the specifics of it were that in 1968 november 9th actually 1968 paul mccartney 
uh, was driving his car in the wee hours of the morning, around 5 a.m., and got into a bad car accident, was decapitated. Decapitated. His kappa was detated. Yes. Wow. Kappa that sounds detated. messy. Really gross. But the Beatles were in the throes of touring and super popular, so they needed somebody to jump in there. Well, the guy chosen, allegedly, was Billy Shears, wow. ex-British intelligence uh, agent, secret agent for the British government, uh, was able to secret jump in there agent man. And, uh, and fill the shoes of Sir Paul McCartney himself. And this is outlined, in, I don't even know where to begin, but I'll just start by saying numerous album covers uh, are, are showing uh, depictions of Paul being actually dead. Uh, Abbey Road that Brandon is pointing to, for those listening on his back wall, is uh, all four Beatles crossing Abbey Road during the uh, recordings there at Abbey Road Studios, um, is allegedly a funeral procession. Um, Paul is uh, not wearing shoes, which is how they bury you. Uh, the lit cigarette or the cigarette is pointing down. <laughs> These are all indicators that he's dead, by the way. Uh, John Lennon leads the pack, is supposedly the preacher. Um, you've got Ringo as the pallbearer and George uh, bringing up the rear as the gravedigger. He's dressed in jeans uh, and, you know, kind of grubby clothes to dig the grave. So that's. Uh, the, the car behind there uh, indicates, I think it's 28 if on the license plate, something mm -hmm. like that. Paul mm -hmm. McCartney would have been 28 had he survived uh, this car accident. So all of that's just on the Abbey Road cover. Um, there are some other covers. The White Album goes into some things with backmasking, um, secret messages backwards. If you spin the record backwards, which I have done, by the way, in uh, the basement of Jeff Haslam. Jeez. <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> back as a teenager and uh, and heard all of the alleged uh, secret messages that are backwards. So if you spin Revolution 9, for example, backwards, uh, the message that you get is turn me on dead man. Um, in between two songs, there's a message that I buried Paul um from john or uh you know paul we miss him we miss him we miss him is is also in there backwards um all of those things <laughs> combined to just create an enormous uh theory fan based of course that paul is dead and this person that's carrying on as paul um is a secret agent for the for the british uh, government and we can get into, I mean, there's a ton, ton more information about this. And I know we, we're limited on time here, but if you want to do some research and you've got some time to kill and you want to go down a rabbit hole, just look up Paul is dead theory and you can go on for days. It's so for much. Days. <laughs> it's so it sounds much. like fun. There's a ton of it. And, and honestly, my thoughts, and I'll let you guys kind of chime in here too, but my thoughts on this whole thing are that this was Paul McCartney and John Lennon and all the rest of the Beatles messing with people after they had heard the original theory, right, that was floated out there. And which started again, uh, this was a radio DJ in the United States that actually started this this whole thing. 
Um, and so I think what the Beatles did is they kind of went into the studio and, and wanted to screw with people. And so I think that they kind of coded their artwork, you know, Sergeant Pepper's is supposed to be a funeral setting. Yeah. Uh, there's a bunch of secret messages on that album cover as well. Uh, you know, that indicate Paul is actually dead. You know, he's got you know, some patch on his arm. I can't remember exactly what it's. I mean, there's yeah. so much information. Mentioning right? Billy Shears in Sergeant Pepper, the song. At the right. End. I mean, and it goes on and on and on. You can listen to all, yeah. all of those tunes, right? And, and figure all the secret codes that are in there. But I think that the Beatles were on to the fact that this, this uh, rumor was out there and kind of just going crazy and spreading fast that they kind of just thought it was funny and wanted to mess with people. That's, that's my thought about this whole thing. And so, I, because I think you can't deny that there is information out there that makes it look like Paul really did die. And I think the Beatles kind of, you know, played into that a little bit. That's my thought. <laughs> so, you guys, you guys can form your own opinion and let me know, but I don't know, Bobby, what do you, is Paul dead, Bobby? I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I think his mom would have noticed. I think he would have. Yeah. I I'm with you, Matt. This I, I love, especially for those of you who watched that get back documentary, you can see that they love to have fun. They had, they were not shy about trolling. Even back in the sixties, they were, they were trolls in some cases. They, they thought that was funny to, to throw whatever they wanted into their music. I I'm with you, Matt. I, I think they were just looking for every opportunity to mess with the public, have fun, make themselves laugh. I think they were, they're in this bubble. <laughs> were just... For sure. I think they got kind of bored too from time yeah, to time and they wanted to so. kind of mix it up a little bit and some some of the you know alleged evidence points to george you know referring to paul as fall you know you hear him yeah. talking in interviews and he yeah. says fall fake paul right i love so it there's <laughs> they read their things, right? as proven in that documentary they read their own fan clubs uh magazines and so they it's almost like they would do something to get a reaction out of the people and then laugh about it together later as they took it too serious or For people. Sure. I think, yeah, I think absolutely entertaining themselves, having some fun. Cool. Hey, thanks, Matt, for uh, sharing with us a little bit about Sir. Paul McCartney, or should we say fall from now on? That was a fun episode. We we hit on all sorts of genres, decades, eras. And there's so many others that we could have dove into. So uh, let us know on Facebook if you have any others that you'd like us to investigate or look into. Maybe we can prove them right. Maybe we can prove them wrong. Or maybe they're plausible. Maybe the legend will continue. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Assuminati Podcast. Remember, you can find us on all of your favorite podcast streaming services. Be sure to hit that like button. We recommend subscribing with notifications so you don't miss an episode. And be sure, of course, to share with your friends. We'd also love to interact with you on social media as we post and prepare for our weekly episodes. Until next time on the Assuminati Podcast. Until next week, or longer if we miss a week.
maybe six months. <laughs> <laughs> With all of your friends. Sorry, were you actually doing the recording? Yeah. Yeah. My sad. You totally just ruined it. No. I heard all of it, Matt. How dare you? I, I mean, if we want to talk bad, let's say, hey, Robert. Like, turn up your volume. I just got to get better. I know. No, you just need to speak right into it. Because I noticed what you were doing is like this. You were going like this. Well, and I was... I, and then you're really back. And then you're like this. And then you're going this side, And then you're like this. And then you're there. Yeah, you, you did a good job, man. You were, you were like right center on the microphone. And... I really tried. I didn't want Matt to criticize me. Yeah. He's brutal. Yes, man. He came at us. <laughs> So I decided, I read an article about taking the Amtrak across the country. So, no, I've, well, I've decided you guys should. Oh, okay. Oh, for sure. Um, just hop on the train. It'll take you like three or four days to get here. Probably three days. Well, I had so a anyways. dream that our podcast took off and we uh, started making millions on it. So yeah. we are the next Joe Rogans. We're going to. Yeah. Once we get to 10 million, though, I'm just quitting. I just want you to know that. No, the, you're the, not. The podcast? Yeah, I'm going to retire. I'm going to. I can live off a million dollars forever. Brought to you by Alka Seltzer. Plop, plop, fizz, fizz. Oh, what a relief it is. 